All right, welcome here to episode number 21 of the Bike Feet Podcast. I'm Will Sarbaugh, joined by not only Ella Hestan, but Robert Gonsolin. Ella, Robert, it is so great to have the both of you on this week. Yeah, I'm excited. Great to finally meet Ella. And yeah, looking, looking forward to someone to take over my place soon. Yeah, I'm glad to be back and I'm excited for another episode. Yeah, well, last week we said you came on at such a great time, and this is going to be an incredible episode. We're going to cover the softball championships, 4A, 5A, 6A, all went to Houston. The baseball state tournament is beginning probably as you all are listening to this. We have interviews with Texas A&M baseball commits, Rockwell Heath shortstop Jet Williams, and Smithson Valley center fielder Kaysen Wells. We're going to finish the episode off with some football recruiting news. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Like I said... 4A, 5A, 6A, all in the Houston-ish area, Southwest Texas, whatever you want to call it, Liberty Hill, Deer Park, and Barbers Hill all win championships in Austin. Yeah, Barbers Hill actually finished as a top team in the country with a record of 42-2. and two. That's insane. And they had to defeat, and under, like, doing that, they had, to, uh, they had to play, and they actually overcame an undefeated Lake Creek team before advancing to the state finals. Yeah, that Lake Creek team was uh, pretty highly covered by Vibe. They had they had some TikTok stars, and it was a really great season from them. But Barbers Hill comes away with it, and Ella, they have a baseball team on their way to a state championship, don't they? Yes, they do. Barbers Hill baseball looks to have the same look as their softball crew. They will face Amarillo in the semifinals, and it's going to be a great game. Yeah, so Barbers Hill and Amarillo on – that half of 5A on the other half is going to be Hallsville and Rouse. Uh, so last four teams in Texas for 5A look pretty good. And Robert in 6A, there is a team that you and I have covered maybe more than anyone else on the planet. Will, I know that you and I are both very, very excited for this weekend. Our very own straight judgment fighting crusaders are headed to Round Rock for the state qualifiers. And as straight judgment fans, hopefully – the state championship game. The Crusaders in their hashtag rally Mac come out of region, th- region three for their first appearance in the state tournament. Their coach, Raul Garcia Ramo, has been at the school for around 20 years, even before the Crusaders joined the UIL back in 0304. Yeah, this little rally Mac sensation um, has really taken over uh, the world. I'll say that. Um, so I've got some packed for the drive to Round Rock. I've got to stay impartial, like I said in an interview last week. Uh, but I'm rooting for Strike Jesuit, and I know you're doing the same, Robert. I mean, Strike Jesuit, they're playing their best baseball at the most important time of the season. They really came together and, and didn't skip a beat against Tompkins. They really they overcame, they overcame Jersey Village pretty much like by the scores and stats pretty easily. And it looks like nothing's really like right now. Nothing's in their way. They have they, they seem to have everything going for them. We have players playing it to their best of their abilities. Caleb Garcia Mo, the son of the head coach, stepping up, homering, going yardings, Jersey Village. That was a huge moment. We just have these small moments that like that just make huge impacts in these games. That's what Straight Judge has been doing a great job of right now. Yeah, but Ella, they're going to have some tough competition, right? Yes, they will face Keller, 
who defeated the reigning champions from 2019 in South Lake Carroll in a series that actually went to three games. Yeah, so it was it was a really odd series. Uh, they split the first two games, and then there were a few lightning delays, as we've seen in just about every single series in Texas. It has just rained forever. Um, it seems like throughout the whole state. Uh, but they finally got the end of that game, and it was a really close game. Keller comes away with it. They are the team from the DFW area that will make it. On the other side, it's going to be Smith Valley and Rockwell Heath. We have a player from each of those teams on a little bit later on in this episode. Uh, Robert, tell me a little bit about what happened with Smith Valley and Los Fresnos. Yeah, so they decide to have a one-game series, actually. And usually in all the rounds leading up to the playoffs, besides once comes round rock, obviously – it's a it's a best of three series. Hopefully, as a team, you have to win in two games, but it can go to three. Well, Los Fresnos they trusted in they trusted in their ace against Smithson Valley, so that they decided to have a one game series, which actually backfired on on Valley, or no, which backfired on Los Fresnos. Excuse me. And Smithson Valley came out with the win, three to two, in just that one game series. Let me let me just switch it up for a second, Will. Do you think? And Ella, feel free to jump in on this too. Do you think if it was a three-game series, the mindset would have been a little bit different for Los Fresnos and it kind of would have like, been different? Like, do you think that they would have just – they wouldn't have made any one-game series changes? Yeah, so our guest, Cason uh, Wells, in a minute is going to talk about how that kind of impacted the team, how, how they really wanted to play a three-game series. Um, but you know, it's a coin toss kind of deal when the coaches can't agree on it. And unfortunately they, you know, they had to play one game series. They came out with the win. Uh, but yeah, I think that's, uh, something really interesting to bring up, especially a team that's on, on so much of a roll. That's a close game. You know, if that had been three to two Los Fresnos and they played two more games, it would have been really interesting to see how that turned out. Must've been some pretty good pitching too, man. Yeah. Ella, what, what happened in we knew there was going to be a crazy series uh, between Rockwall and Rockwall Heath. When did it ended up happening with that? You know, it was a cross city battle. They come from the same district um, and between Rockwall and Rockwall Heath. And then after getting blown out in the first game, Rockwall Heath came back to win back to back games, scoring 11 runs in both of them to take the victory over Rockwall. Yeah. yeah that's so- a series. I kind of really wish I was, I, kind of would have wanted to see in person, just imagining how the atmosphere was between both those teams. They've got to be rivals in some sense. Maybe they're out there, each other's main rival in their district, but both teams from Rockwall, rarely does it happen when they come from the same city. Yeah, that's just really incredible. Uh, not only does Keller have to do it, uh, but, but Heath have to beat district rivals on their way to the state qualifiers. And I think that'll send it over to our interview with a player from Rockwell Heath committed to Texas A&M, Jet Williams. And right after that, we will hand it over to the interview with Cason Wells. All right, I am now here with Rockwell Heath shortstop, Jet Williams. Jet, how are you doing today? I'm good, how are you? Well, I'm great, and, and you seem to be great too. You are on your way to Round Rock tomorrow. By the time this comes out, you will already be there. This has been a really incredible season. Uh, so just Take me through it, and, and then we'll go, you know, we'll go in a little bit more detail as we go on. So yeah. how did the season start out, and, and how is it finished right here? 
uh, you know, we, we, we started out pretty hot in that Globe Life tournament. There were some pretty good teams. Uh, we went, I think, three and two. Um, you know, it was we were real early for us, but we, we, we played good and uh, we had a lot of things to work on. But throughout the season, we, we battled and uh, competed and just practiced on things that we should have practiced on. And I guess now we're here. Yeah, you are, are here, but just like a couple other teams uh, in the state tournament, you didn't win your district. Yeah. Uh, so that was actually, you know, I think there's two other teams uh, that didn't win their district, uh, and you, you dropped a couple games to Rockwall, and they won district, and you ended up facing them in the playoffs. We'll talk about that in just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did you see from that team that you kind of thought was stronger than what you guys had in the regular season? Uh, you know, we just battled. Uh, once we got kind of into playoffs, we've been in elimination games before. So kind of when they took that game one, it's like we didn't panic or anything. And we just kind of had – just could do our thing. And, I mean, they, they wanted it more than us in game one. Uh, I mean, that's hard to say. But they, they, they came out hotter and uh, they had more energy than us. But, yep. Yeah, I mean, you guys were in a lot of – high scoring games with them throughout the season. It seemed like when you had the bats going, it didn't matter how many runs they put up. Yeah. I mean, end of the regular season, you guys dropped a game 14 to 13, uh, which is about as high scoring as you can get. Um, and then, so you lose that last game of the regular season. And then the first game of the playoffs, you drop as well. So it's all of a sudden right there, you fit, you realize, all right, if we lose any more games, this is it, you know, we're yeah. not going to make it any further. And I'm sure you guys, expected to go much further than the first round. Uh, mm-hmm. So what was coach saying after that first game of the playoffs? Uh, he was just saying, I mean, we kind of came out, I mean, not necessarily flat, but we kind of came out already thinking we won just because the opponent wasn't as high a caliber as we are usually playing. So we kind of just came out thinking we already won and didn't have the high energy that we're used to. And we just kind of came out and didn't do our thing. We didn't, give any run support to our pitcher. Um, he, he pitched really good game that game. I think he threw a two hitter. They only scored two runs. Um, I mean, we scored one run, but I think they threw like one hitter against us, but we, we, we just came out flat and, uh, I just got back playing again, uh, this series, but I missed the whole playoff so far, but yeah, we, we kind of came out flat. Yeah. So I, you mentioned that you'd missed, all of the playoffs basically. Uh, so what was that like kind of coming back into the, in the series after a few weeks off and, and coming back in a, in a huge spot against. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was functioning at the bit to come back. Uh, thank God. Uh, I got released that Thursday so I could at least pinch hit that Friday game. And, but just kind of watching in the playoffs throughout the whole playoffs and stuff, it, it was tough. Cause I like, I knew I couldn't do anything to help. But once I got my opportunity, I, I knew how to do uh, So contribute. you're all good to go for this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I just won't be able to throw. All right. Well, you know, we're extremely excited to see you. Yeah. Uh, just one last thing about Rockwell, because I thought, you know, we talked about this uh, for quite a few weeks on the podcast, mm-hmm. that it was getting closer and closer to being, you know, a, a cross-city matchup in the region finals. I'm sure you've got some relationships with the guys on those teams. Um, so, you know, I know you weren't, you know, weren't even sure that you were going to be able to play in that series, uh, but what was that like, you know, 
you don't know any other team better than you know them. Yeah. No, it was it was awesome. It was probably one of the greatest experiences just just because so many fans were there. I mean, it's like the rivalry. You get your bragging rights, and this is this is when it really matters. And even though they kind of got us in the regular season and got those games, I mean, we kind of came out and we knew we had to play our best baseball because they were on they were on their hot streak, and uh, it didn't seem like they were going to get beat anytime soon. And they didn't they didn't lose a game in the playoffs so far. And when they took that game one we were not necessarily out of it but we kind of were like "Uh uh-oh but we knew that we've been in that elimination game before and we're used to having our backs against the wall we we knew we had to come out and do our thing well a lot of people are saying that you have your backs against the wall this weekend too Mm -hmm. Uh, game you know one game series against smithson valley and they look pretty unbeatable that's the word you use to describe rockwall uh so what's the approach right now i know you've been practicing the last few days and you're headed off tomorrow. So what's coach saying right now? Uh, just, just kind of taking one thing at a time. Um, don't get too big in the moment. Just kind of when we get down there, just embrace it that you're here and just kind of just go do our thing. Don't try to get out of the routine that we've been doing. Um, I mean, he's talked about being high energy. I mean, we've, we've got down here I mean, we've played teams that are, are good. So we just have to go out there and play our best baseball and have the energy that we're used to. And uh, that I think we'll, I think we'll be fine. And he has been in this spot before coach mm-hmm. Harvey has, you know, already uh, been to some state tournaments. He won one in 2012. Uh, so how do you think his leadership and, and his insight has helped you guys throughout the playoffs and, and now coming up on, you know, what could yeah. be the two biggest games uh, mm-hmm. of your life? You know, I mean, he always says, once we get down there, we're going to win it. But I mean, we, we have to prove him, we have to prove him right. But, uh, you know, he's, he's been a big step. I mean, he's been down there multiple times. He's had great teams come through this program and, you know, him getting us down there, we, we just got to back him up and uh, we just got to play our best baseball. Well, absolutely. And before you get out of here, I wanted to ask you some questions uh, about your recruitment mm-hmm. because not only are you going to be playing D1, you're going to be playing at, you know, one of the best universities in the country, Texas A&M. You committed there in June of last year, June of 2020, and that's early. I mean, you hadn't played your sophomore season. Your freshman year was your only full year. Uh, Mm -hmm. So what had that kind of, you know, been like being recruited so early and and getting an offer that big? Uh, You know, it was kind of overwhelming at first. I mean, there's – because I didn't really think about it that much, like going into that summer – and then I kind of just had a pretty good summer. And then it was just kind of out of the blue and unexpected that there's so many people reaching out and I had to talk to everybody. I mean, it was overwhelming at first, but I mean, it was, it was a fun process. Uh, I mean, I never thought I was going to go to A&M, but uh, they are the ones that stuck out. So why, why did they stick out? I know it's, you know, probably the biggest name and I'm sure it's one of your dream schools. Uh, but what about them? Obviously, they're going to be going through some big changes yeah. uh, pretty soon. What about Texas A&M really stood out? You know, the coaching staff, well, even though they just kind of got fired, but you know, the coaching staff, I, I love the coaching staff. Uh, I wanted to stay in Texas uh, and play in the SEC, the best baseball. And uh, just kind of when I went down there, I kind of felt like home. It was I just felt like I was just normal here and uh, I, I just fell in love with it. Yeah, now that the NCAA dead period is over, 
uh, you will be able to visit. I, I know you've got a lot bigger things on your hands right yeah. now, uh, but do you have any plans uh, to go up to College Station and, and maybe take some cool pictures and go on the field? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I guess we'll just see what happens with this, all the things going on with the program right now. But, yeah, I'll probably be down there. Yeah, hopefully you go up there with a ring on your finger. Oh, yeah. You've got two more games, and, and Rockwell Heath could have another state championship. Mm-hmm. So we wish you the best of luck. Once again, Rockwell Heath shortstop, Jet Williams. Jet, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. From one Texas A&M recruit to another commit, I am now here with Smithson Valley center fielder, Kaysen Wells. Kaysen, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Will. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I mean, it is a great week for baseball, the state championships all around. But 6A has got to be the most exciting. You're on one of the most exciting teams in the state. Uh, you Take me through this whole season because I know it's kind of been a whirlwind for you guys. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, last year getting getting cut off and, you know, COVID and everything happening and coming back this year and at the first of the season, just really hoping that we were going to get to play a full season and how everything played out. And it's just, it's been, it's been a ride for us. And, you know, early in the season, we started winning. We knew we had a lot of talent on our team and, you know, we had a, a bunch of guys step in and, and fill big shoes that, that needed to be filled and they did it with no hesitation. And, that, and that's exactly what we needed going into the season. And then, you know, in our, second tournament I believe we got three of our our losses and those were our first three losses and I don't think we had another for like eight weeks or something like that and going into that we ended up losing one of our district games that you know was was pretty heartbreaking for us but ended up winning district going into playoffs you know we had confidence going and uh, played good against Brandeis, did good against them, had um, a team from Austin second round and got through them pretty easily too. And then third round, we got to play our, our San Antonio rivals, Reagan. And I mean, definitely one of the funnest series I've ever played. One of the most high energy games. I mean, stands were completely packed. You know, we had student section. Our student section was chanting at theirs. Theirs were chanting at ours. They were chanting at our players. Ours were chanting at their players. And just the atmosphere and everything was was incredible. And and, and I think that's one of, you know, our advantages going into the week and, and, you know, suffering a loss against Reagan and beating them twice in extra innings and just facing all these ups and downs and, and going through that all. I, I feel like we're at an advantage just because, you know, we know whenever whenever it gets hard that, that we can always come back and get on top of things. Yeah, I mean, Reagan is, is something that I was going to bring up because here at Vipe, we had Reagan ranked number one in the San Antonio rankings basically every week. They looked unstoppable for the most part. Uh, they definitely looked like the best team in the San Antonio region, as great as you guys looked. Uh, they were nationally ranked for a while. Uh, so, you know, being – a lower ranked team in, in the area, did that kind of make you guys feel like underdogs and, and maybe a little bit overlooked all year? Yeah, it, it did. But, you know, from the beginning of the season, just not being ranked and knowing that we had a really good team and stuff like that, our, our coach and, and he kind of just, you know, kind of woke us all up. Like, like, this is a good thing. Like, you know, going through this season and, and being under ranked and, you know, not a lot of people know about y'all, like it, it's going to be good. It was like down the season, 
whenever we start doing what I think we can do, people's eyes will start opening. And obviously, you know, that's what's happened now. But I mean, going into that and, you know, for the past few years, we've played Reagan and it's always, you know, they've always come out on top of us. And this year, you know, we played them early on in the year, uh, just a Saturday game. And, you know, they beat us. So we were just going after them with vengeance and, and ended up, you know, getting on top of them. Yeah, I mean, this is, it's really been an odd season kind of coming into this. It's your first full season since your freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and already, you know, you know, you're one of the big name guys on the team. Um, so how did you kind of fit in as a leader to start off this season after, you know, really just having a couple games uh, in the 2020 campaign? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I knew going into it and, you know, one of my, my best friends on the, on the team was, was with me. And when he was a sophomore, it's Garrett Brooks. And, and like, just before the season and stuff, talking to him, I was like, dude, like, this is our team this year. We're going to have to step up. We're going to have to be the, the leaders. And, and if you, if you were to watch our pregame, but so before we go and, and take an in and out, everybody gets around me. I give a little pregame, like, Hey, like a little hype speech, whatever we break out. We come back in, we go, we say a quick prayer, and then right before we go and, and get out on the field, everybody's around Garrett. And Garrett's giving us, you know, like that last little, like that last little hype speech and, and you know, from there. And and in all honesty, you know, we have uh, – all our seniors absolutely love it. Everybody wants to go and win. Everybody's, you know, if somebody gets down, we have the whole team picking them up. And, and honestly, we have, you know, our two tech commits that are sophomores, and those guys have done – a really, really good job of, of, you know, picking other people up. And obviously Ethan being a catcher has to be one of the most vocal guys on the field. And he's just taking that and ran with it. So, you know, I, I feel like our whole team is really just leading each other at the same time. It's just, you know, we have, you know, a few guys that, that everybody kind of looks up to and, 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 you know, we filled those shoes good. Yeah. You talked about, you know, how much chemistry this team has and, and you talked about in the Reagan series, how there were so many fans and, and you really felt like you guys were coming together. Uh, what can you say about, you know, what the, what the community has come together in the playoffs and the whole season really? Oh, it, it, it's been amazing. And, you know, really during like district and stuff like that, we were like, we were just blowing our teams out, like other teams out of the water and, you know, like people didn't really care. And then really, you know, I mean, a lot of people were coming to like first round, second round, but like that Reagan series, whenever, you know, we went and just like, I mean, it was crazy. Like it was almost like everybody was there. I mean, like there was like whole teams from our district, whole teams from their district, just like cheering on, you know, their team and our team and just seeing like how the community was just coming and and cheering us on. And, you know, every time we go and, and leave our school now to go play, we have, a bunch of people there, you know, waving the bus goodbye and honking horns and stuff like that. And it's just really cool seeing everything and all the people that, that care about it are, are a part of it too. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you guys have really created something special and, and you have to at this point, I mean, these last four teams uh, I've seen straight Jesuit firsthand uh, mm-hmm. really, you know, just create something great and, and it helps the players as, as, you know, ridiculous as that sounds, I'm sure it has an impact on the field. Um, oh, yeah. you, you guys went for something that nobody else did in the region finals, and that was a one-game series. Um, you're on a roll. Uh, you, you come on as an underdog against Reagan, then you beat Eagle Pass, uh, and then you decide a one-game series against Los Fresnos. 
how much pressure was there right there, knowing that one game was going to decide your whole series, your whole season, and if you would go to state or not? Yeah, so, you know, right when it happened, because, you know, we didn't want the one-game series. We were hoping for a three. Their coach won the toss. But then, you know, our coaches told us, and we were all like, oh, man, because we knew, you know, that one pitcher, Loa, he was real good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all just kind of sat there, and, and you know, it just came to our mind, like, we, we've won the first game of every single series. So everybody's top dog, like their top pitcher that we've seen, we've beat them. And, and so like, just going from that and, and like, I, that's when I, before the game, I took everybody, every, every person that was hitting in the lineup, I took them aside and I was like, look, we've been in these shoes before. Every first game is a, is a one game. And cause that's what we say for every week. Like we got to win the first game. We got to set the tone. And so I pulled everybody aside and I was like, look, we have to go into this game with the mentality of that this pitcher that's been dominant all year if we tell ourselves that our whole lineup is going to go in there and dominate him instead of going in there with the thought of like, this guy's really good. Like he's been doing good all year, which kind of like takes you off your game. But I just told him like, we just got to go and, and be confident in the box. And, and, you know, even if, if it doesn't go your way, like staying confident, staying with our game, like it, it's going to work out for us. And, you know, luckily it did. Yeah, it sure did. I mean, throughout all these questions, you, you've you really proved that you're a great leader for this team, and hopefully you'll be a leader at the next level. Uh, yes, sir. We talked to Jet Williams a little bit earlier on, and now we're talking uh-huh. to you, both of you guys playing uh, to A&M. So what, what was the process like, and, and when did you first realize that maybe there was something special there uh, and you would be getting offers as big as A&M? Yeah, you know, I, I started talking to schools really early, early on in my freshman year, pretty big schools, and uh, just going down the list. And so my summer coach uh, is an ex-pro guy. His name is Jason LaRue, and and he's been extremely helpful through the whole process because, you know, he's been through it all. And, you know, I've never had a dream school. I've never had a school where I was like, man, like I really, really want to go there, which for me was an advantage because I was going to go somewhere that, that really wanted me and that was going to offer me good and stuff like that. And um, I actually started talking to A&M uh, after my freshman year. And, you know, at that, at that stage, I was like, you know, I'm not looking to commit anywhere unless it's just like insane. And I wasn't getting offers then. And then last year um, ended up going down and playing in a filling in for a team just out of nowhere going and I, I actually played against uh, Rob Childress son and you know he saw me and coach Seeley got back in touch with me was talking to me talked for several weeks and you know told me he was like all right like we're gonna we're gonna offer you got me and my family sat us down and you know went through everything and you know at the end of it because I, I, I had gotten a couple offers before that and it was just like, you know, like, and like, I didn't really feel anything. And then after that, like, I was like, man, like, I, I really, I really feel like this is it. Like, I feel good about this. And just talking to different people and talking about stuff like that. My older brother uh, went and played college baseball and he was like, dude, this, cause he, he went Juco and he, but he was like, man, like the second that I got an offer from his Juco, he was like, I, I knew I wanted to go there. And he was like, if that's how you're feeling, that's a good thing. And so I took it and I'm, I'm very happy with it. Excited. Yeah, it seems like you're not looking back. Uh, we were talking about how there's 
been a few changes there uh, in the last bit, few yeah. weeks and, and a huge one uh, yeah. in the, about the last day or so, bring in a pretty legendary coach. Uh, so are you looking back at all? I mean, is, is there any, do you have any regrets? Uh, I wouldn't say so. Um, you know, just going forward, I'm really just sitting it out, waiting to see, you know, what, what this new coach has to say and, you know, if he's going to want us or not. And in all honesty, I'm not really worried about it. Um, just just waiting for it to play out, see see what he's going to do and go from there, really. Yeah, go from there. I mean, you've got you've got a whole lot uh, in the next couple of days here, and I'm sure all of that will will follow. Uh, so sure. we'll end it with this. Smith Valley has been to the state tournament twice and <laughs> they have yet to win a championship. Uh, you know, this is a, a pretty broad question, but why do you think this team is good enough to win a state championship? I mean, I, I think it's, you know, the chemistry. We got we got a lot of guys, and, and, and if you look through our whole lineup, you know, we've got, we've got sophomores, we've got juniors, and we've got seniors. And, and if you were to hang around all of us, it's like, it's like we've all been together our whole lives playing baseball together. And, and, and like tonight, like every, every Wednesday night, we have a team dinner at one of the guys' houses. We go and everybody's sitting there eating. We're all laughing, having a good time. And it's the same way on the field. Like, you know, I mean, I've been playing behind Ryan for, you know, this is my third year. I've been playing beside Garrett. I know every move that they're going to make. I know that if there's a ball over there and I know if Garrett's going to get there or I know if I need to go get, go get it. And it's the same, I mean, on all sides of the ball and, and everybody just goes together so nicely. And, and, you know, our dugout, even the guys that that don't get a lot of playing time, I mean, they're in there and, you know, cheering us on and and they want the whole team to succeed just as much as everybody wants to succeed. And so I feel like that, and obviously, you know, the talents there, we got a bunch of dudes that can go out and just flat out play. And, you know, our, we got good pitching. So I, I feel like we got good depth good depth with the good talent so i mean i i have good confidence going into this well casey you gave me about a hundred reasons for why this team is good enough to win a state championship and you are fully confident uh this team seems to just be you know more together uh than anyone could have ever imagined so yes sir casey wells i wish you all the best of luck at state tournament this week hope to talk to you soon maybe with the championship yeah that sounds great well i really appreciate you having me man yeah, thanks for coming on. Well, once again, we want to thank Jet Williams and Kaysen Wells for coming on the show this week. Both those guys are in the class of 2022, committed to Texas A&M, but they'll be playing each other this Friday in Round Rock. So as we're on the topic of Texas A&M, I think we would be remiss to not talk about them with football recruiting because they have made such a big splash already as the dead period just ended about 10 days ago. And we figured that we would see a lot of decommitments or, or flips and we have seen just that one of the top players in texas has already decommitted robert tell me a little bit about him yeah first i'd like to start off AM just keeps going up and up in the positive direction with their recruitment defensive tackle bear alexander recently just decommitted from the university of georgia after visiting college station and as the seventh best player in the in the state of texas He'll be playing for his fourth high school this year at Brewer down up in Fort Worth. Yeah, Robert, I had to mess with you there and not only talk about a negative for Georgia, but a positive for Texas A&M. So 
Bear Alexander, he's not – we're not exactly sure that he will be playing for A&M uh, or committing there, but it sure seems like it – it seems to, that he had had a great visit. And, Ella, there's a player in the Houston area that seems to be recruiting a lot of guys over there at College Station. Who's that? You know, Jimbo Fisher's being everybody right now. You know, speaking of A&M, Katie cornerback Bobby Taylor – he canceled all other visits after a weekend with Jimbo Fisher and is a huge advocate for other big name recruits to join him in heading to AM. Yeah, AM has just an incredible class, like both of you guys said. Connor Weigman will be their quarterback for the class of 2022. Uh, so many offensive linemen. I know Kelvin Banks, that's on the top of his list. Harold Perkins, the list goes on. They've got a great tight end coming in there. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised. We saw it. AM finishes number five in the rankings. Wouldn't be surprised to see them a lot higher come 2023, 2024, uh, when these guys are, you know, fully in the system. And Robert, we'll finish this off with a guy that you have had some contact with through track and actually committed a few weeks ago. Yeah. So Julian Humphrey, a very good cornerback for Clear Lake. I don't, uh, for those of you who are on TikTok, he seems to be on my For You page a lot because he's gone viral many times. He's been playing for Ken Newton's 7-on-17, just came back recently, but he committed to Florida in late May. But as of right now, it seems to be, he seems to be fielding an offer from the Crimson Tide, which is very, very interesting because Florida and Bama, I saw in a recent recruiting ranking, are locked in at 1-2 and two right now. Yeah, all at the top right there is is Florida. Florida, at their quarterback commit uh, is Nico Evers, uh, who's a Texas goes you know plays for Texas. Excuse me, plays in the state of Texas for high school, and then Ohio State. We all know who their commit is, Quinn Ewers, and then Bama and A and M. So it's going to be really exciting to see how it turns out. I'm sure we'll see some more decommitments, some more flips, and some more exciting commitments. I think that's going to do it for us this week. What a great episode. Thanks once again to Jet Williams and Casey Wells for coming on. When we come to you next week for our year in review show, we will have a 6A state champion. Hopefully it's Drake Jesper. Go Crusaders. For Robert Gonsolin, for Ella Hassan, I'm Will Turboff. Thanks for joining us this week on the Vipe Podcast.